0: Welcome to Drinks at Work from Boothby with Sam Bygrave, that would be me. This podcast is coming to you a little late today because we've just thrown open the entries into the second annual Boothby Drink of the Year Awards. I've enjoyed all the events that we've put on this year, and we've put on a few, but I will say that this one is my favorite. We've asked bartenders to enter the drinks they are most proud of, drinks that have been available over the bar where they work, at some time throughout the last 12 months. It's all about the cocktails that keep people coming back again and again. Bartenders around the country are getting their entries in right now. You can do yours too. Entries are open at boothby.com.au slash of the year. This episode is a recording of a great panel chat I had up in Brisbane as part of Paramount Liquor's Future Proof event. I spoke about the future of the Brisbane bar scene, what it needs and where it's going with three of the city's finest. Bonnie Shearson, who earlier this year opened the excellent vinyl bar Ruby My Dear, and has owned and operated a number of award-winning Brisbane-based venues over the years. Jamie Fleming, the guy behind the acclaimed Alba Bar in Delhi, one of my absolute favorite places to be. And one of the shining lights of the next generation of bartenders, Andy Bully, who was then working at Savile Row, this was recorded back in August, but who is now on board as the creative lead for Evan Strobe's soon to open Sydney Bar, the Waratah. It's a super smart panel and there's a lot in here, not just for Brisbane, but for people pushing the bar industry in cities outside of the big ones like Sydney and Melbourne. All right, let's get into it now. Uh, It's a topic that I find really quite interesting, Bonnie. We've talked about this in um, articles in the past when I was at Bartender Mag uh, about the viability of the Brisbane scene. I'm going to kickstart the conversation. and I think it's probably um, probably the big topic for tonight. I live in Sydney, I'm from Queensland, but I live in Sydney and often the best bartenders around running bars in Melbourne and Sydney are from Queensland or from Brisbane. Tell me why, what's the deal about that in the first place? Let's start with you, Jamie.
1: Uh, The allure of big, shiny new things. Like you don't, um, you don't get, I mean, it's, it's the standard progression. I grew up in Adelaide. And it's the, you know, if you feel like you're outgrowing an area, I think one of the earliest, one of the earliest lessons I learned from some of my early mentors were you work at a place, you take as much as you can and much to what Evan was talking about last time. If you stay in a place and you're no longer learning, it's not beneficial for anyone. Right. And so I think that because of population and because of, you know, like the emergence of small bar scenes or, or just culture in general, Um, the allure of going to Melbourne and working in a small venue or going to Sydney and working in one of these venues or going and working at Shady's or blah, 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 blah. All of these opportunities present themselves down there that, you know, I mean, it might happen one day, but no, like no one's opening RE in Brisbane. Certainly not yet. So I don't think there'll probably be another one like at all. But so because of that investment down south, um, Brisbane's always been seen as a fantastic training ground because there are great bars when you find them up here, and there are great operators and great, you know, a lot of a lot of knowledge from up here. Um, but when you hit a point, you're like, okay, well, what's the next step? Because if you're working if you're working at the best bar in town, the only option you have is to go to another town.
0: Is but is it is it just bars in that in in the bigger cities, or is it like brands and and the kind of brand jobs as well?
1: Yeah, well, I think, what, half of the brand ambassadors of the big companies in this country currently are from Brisbane. It's like. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But they all live in Sydney. It's wild. Yeah, they all live in Sydney with each It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> um, uh, Bonnie, uh, you're one of the two people on the panel who are not from Queensland originally. Why? What caused the move for you in the first place about Brisbane? What was uh, the desire to move here and why do you keep coming back to Brisbane?
2: I think initially I moved here for family. My father was up this way, and it was to be closer to my family. Um, I had come up via Melbourne and Sydney. And honestly, back then, I was 23 when we opened our first venue. And Brisbane Brisbane just seemed... That was that was
0: canvas, was it? It was, yes. Yeah.
2: And it was just a little bit less terrifying, to be completely honest with you, because it is it has always been the smallest sibling of all the cities. And it just seemed like it was a little bit... Uh, not less competition, because obviously you need agglomeration to make yourself successful, but it just seemed like it was a little bit less of a big daunting task to start with. And as you said, I've left and I've come back and it's just every time I think like Brisbane just keeps going in these waves of getting somewhere and it's really exciting and then suddenly it plateaus and it stops. And I have. I've, I've... Are we
0: in a plateau in Brisbane at the moment?
2: No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Are they expecting 1.4 million people to move here in the next like five years.
0: Well, I don't know, but yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I okay. asked you the question.
2: <laughs> they're, they're expecting a huge amount of people to move here. And I think, you know, I've only been back from, I was over in America for five years. I've only been back in the country for just over a year. And seeing the change that's happened in the time that I was gone is just phenomenal. It's really, it's fantastic to see, and not just in bars, in restaurants as well. Um, and I think, you know, we do have the opportunity to retain the staff up here. But as Jamie said, it's bigger and shinier things elsewhere. But I also just think Brisbane's still been tarnished by Sydney and Melbourne as being, oh, it's just Brisbane. You know, it doesn't really count. And I think it's really hurt us. And I think it's really hard to kind of try and remove that that stigma that's been placed upon us by other other cities in the country. Mm. But I also think, you know, there's a lot of things that fundamentally we need to do to retain those staff and stop them leaving. You know, it's up to us to change Mm. that.
0: Right, I'm going to get to that in a second, but Andy, as the bright young thing of the bartending world at the moment in Brisbane, you are now. if I can break some news. I think you're also moving to Sydney, right? Can you can you tell me? Talk to. to yeah. I mean, yeah, that one quiet, didn't you? I, I didn't mean to set you up like that. Shit. But, but what what is the allure of these other cities for you?
3: Um, in all honesty, it's mentorship. And
0: is the mic on? Can
3: hello, hi, yeah. sorry. Soft-spoken. Um, it's, it's mentorship for me. And, you know, if you have a look at, um, and this is something I'm pretty vocal about, if you have a look at 95% of the best bars in Brisbane, um, they're all being run by people that are under the age of 25. And if you compare that to any other industry in the world, besides maybe like fast food industry, that's not a normal thing where your VPs and your CEOs and, you know, all of the top and the best of the best people that are that are running the operations, are, let alone younger than 30. Um, so, you know, when you're looking at it for someone that is aspiring to grow and aspiring to learn and you're looking around and the people that are running the best spas around you are, you know, with, you know, either the same or less experience or... Um, the same age as you it's okay to not be great at twenty five yeah. It's okay to not be great at thirty. I'm not great at
0: forty. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I think you know when you compare it to these bigger cities like like Sydney and you know even Melbourne, you know there's there's a there are a lot more mentors, and in Brisbane, I think that's the thing we're lacking the most is experienced mentors that a are willing to teach and willing to take on these younger staff and you know, work with them to commit to their goals and what they want to achieve, but someone that is, you know, capable of being a mentor and being hands on at a bar. So, right. whereas that's yeah, more prevalent in Sydney.
0: Is, is that something as, as two uh, bar owners here? Do and you think old about people, apparently?
2: <laughs> no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, saying.
0: Look, we might see some cuffs tonight. So, I'm <laughs> so here for it. Someone get the popcorn. Um, Jamie, are there things that you're doing in your bar to sort of uh, work on that mentorship kind of aspect and have the sort of, um, I guess, those gradations of uh, seniority where you can learn from the people above you? Is this something that needs to be rectified at more of a, uh, I guess, a citywide kind of level?
1: Well, we've always tried. Um, I think Alba, from the start, I've said from the very beginning, like we, we're we a small team and it's never going to be a huge venue and you never have that 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 opportunity for hierarchical sort of growth because you know what do you go up one then you're like halfway there yeah, you're running the joint yeah, yeah yeah so um but I think well one thing that I did always do and always tried to do was particularly at the very beginning I'd show up to every training and you know make sure I tried to meet a few people and help with help with Any competitions that were ever on, any competitions that were ever happening, I would always try, you know, I would always offer them. Like, if you need a place to make a drink, if you need a sounding board and you don't have it where you work, if you need anything, like come into Alba, especially, and it was very easy because nine times out of ten they were doing the trainings next door at Death and Taxes. So I just popped my head in. Like, if you want to come and make it here, they got to set up for service. I'm chill. Like, I'm quite happy to sit here and be your sounding board. So it wasn't necessarily me giving, I don't have – the space, yeah. or give to be able to give that opportunity internally. But I would always, always like, hey, let's talk about your greenhorn drink. Let's talk about this because that's like that's that's what I can give back, and that's that's how I like. There was a big part of my career that was all about editing and, and growth and and going through that competition aspect, which Brisbane's very competitive. It's one thing that that you can look at like Brisbane as a as a boss and in particular, but just in general, very competitive. It's proper chip on shoulder shit. Like it's hilarious. It's great.
0: What What do you mean, proper chip on shoulder shit?
1: Well, like you can tell, like there's if you, if you're telling me that that there isn't a concept behind a lot of the 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 urgency and the high quality of of entry into things like like whatever top tier competition um, that's gone across, particularly the cocktail, you know, scene over the last ten years there's always just as many people from Queensland as there is from Melbourne as there is from Sydney yeah, and I, I saw to David you...
0: Brosnan about world class and he's like there's a huge turnout from Brisbane representing at those end of the, at the end of those cocktail comps
1: but yeah always and you know guaranteed that it's a real supportive culture and there, there's a chip on the shoulder of like let's go down there and beat them yeah. and you know when I, I funnily enough when I moved up as the ambassador I would always take the piss out of, like, Nick Edwards in Melbourne. I'm like, got more entries than you, mate. Sucked in. <laughs> like, but th- that competitive nature, and because I had that experience, I would always make sure that people knew, hey, come into my bar. I'm, like, here to help if I can.
0: And I guess the flip side of that, Barton is leaving the city for other opportunities. The flip side of that is, as, a, as an owner, trying to get staff must be difficult, I guess. Or like, as it got better over the years, money Like, trying to get... The right people into the venue.
2: No, I think it's getting worse. To be honest, is it worse. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think more and more people keep leaving, which is making it really, really difficult. And especially with COVID and everything that just happened, you know, trying to get that overseas staff is just, you know, there. You know, there's so many people out there that we used to rely on that would come. They work for you. They'd be brilliant. You'd look at sponsoring them. You'd look at retaining them. And then through the sponsorship, they stay with you, and you kind of you build them up through your company. And as was said in the last panel, you know you do eventually want your staff to leave. You know, you, a, a great mentor is someone that will watch them walk out the door and go and do their own thing. And, you know, I've been quite lucky with a lot of my staff and they've gone on to do their own things and stuff, but... Thanks. <laughs> Thanks Connor. <laughs> um, but the, um... now I've lost my train of thought, you can't do that to me. <laughs> um, but one of the things I'm really struggling with at the moment is like a lot of our strong workforce are overseas. Um, overseas visitors, and their pandemic visas are now running out. So it's not just about, like, mentoring people. It's about how to kind of retain them because all of that overseas populace that we used to have is just, you know, diminishing and it's making it quite hard. So,
0: Right. Um, And that's a federal government kind of thing, right? They've they've reduced the the hours you can work on these visas?
2: Yeah, and they're also just – I think people are scared. Like, you can still get your one-year working visa, but – I think people back before COVID, you know, there was a lot of people that were like, I want to move to Australia and I want to be a bartender. I used to see a lot of that from England, like, you know, 80 percent of the people I used to work with back in the UK all suddenly moved here. And it made up such a strong part of the workforce for a good few years. And I think when we were opening our new spot, we were trying to get some bartenders to come out from the UK because the pool here was quite, you know, short. And no one was committed to doing it. I could get a lot of people out on one-year working visas, but you don't know if they're going to stick around. There was not that commitment to actually move out here and, you know, make it make it a plan. So,
0: Right. So, I mean, coming back to people, uh, you know, locally based Brisbane bartenders, is there a path way forward for them to, like, borrow ownership themselves? Because I feel like, you know, in Sydney and Melbourne at the moment, or Sydney particularly, there's a lot of bartender own bars that are still popping up and that's like a it's a viable career path for a bar to be like even in an expensive city like that to go and then open your own bar is that something that's doable in Brisbane
2: I mean yeah I, th- I think so but I do think that our biggest hindrance that we have here is the OLGR sorry if there's anyone here from there <laughs> <laughs> but I you know I'd, I love you I, <laughs> I, I've worked in many body cities. Body doesn't
0: want to open any more <laughs> venues.
2: <laughs> I've worked in many cities and own venues in other cities around the world and I have never been met with so much resistance from a governing body on an industry where you're trying to do good things, you know, and they're very much on the side of the people that want to complain and whinge about everything that we're doing, but they're the same people that are complaining and whinging that Brisbane's boring, you know, and there's just there's the amount of support is very minimal from... The people that we rely on to support our industry.
0: Is this a pathway that you sort of looked at at all, Andy? Is it something you want to do?
3: Absolutely. Well, not, I'm 22. I, I'm just. Yeah, but you gotta, you you gotta you to have stop dreams. I'm right? in your age, mate. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, 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 Fine, no I'm, I'm relatively new to this industry. And, you know, I look up to, like, Jamie Fleming was someone that I massively looked up to. Uh, you know, you came down to Townsville often. we were talking about, you know, opening Sherry Bar. And that was definitely something that. Kind of flipped a switch to me and and turned on the fact that oh okay bartending can be so much more than just working behind a bar in a rural you know pub in towns. Or it can be something that can make a name for yourself. And you know even you Bonnie like being a female led person in the industry. It's it's kind of altered my perspective on you know what are my future aspirations and goals within the industry. And it's it's definitely something that I have been thinking about recently. But um, it's not. It's not in my five year plan. It could be in my 10 year plan, but but yeah, but it's seeking people like you guys. Seeking, hello. Oh, sorry, <laughs> hold it up. Seeking people like you guys in the industry definitely makes it a lot more plausible. So that's a really nice thing to see.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, let's get to put a positive spin on this thing. What are the kind of white spaces that you see in Brisbane, uh, sort of areas that could be. Thriving areas in which to open bars or, like, launch products or, like, further develop your, developing your goals. Let's maybe start with you, Jamie. I mean, you, you've just opened Sunshine a bar coast. outside of the sun. Yeah, <laughs> on the sunny coast. Everyone go north? Is that the, the, the goal? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. I think – I mean, it's the same as anywhere. It's all about, you know, opportunity. It's like – and you – you. So wh- where are the spots for opportunity in Brisbane? Um, <sighs> like – it depends on what you want to do. And I think that's really what it comes down to. It's, you know, my the, – the venue that I just opened up in Mulaney is like, you know, people talk about Milani. It shuts at 2 o'clock and it's a beautiful town to go to while you're on your way somewhere to like Airbnb and they've got the cheese shop and like a pub. Like it, it's – but for what I wanted to do specifically and what's really interested me in the last couple of years and going – delving heavily into wine and – um, so it fit because I saw an opportunity and I was like, well, okay, how does this work? And I think that probably just came from experience going and I'm not, I'm not bound. I was quite lucky that I got to open pretty much my passion project first, financially, shit idea, <laughs> like make a money maker and do one later. But in this case, it was like, okay, I see a staunch, like this is an incredible opportunity in an area that I think I can afford to open something beautiful and offer something different. And so there's a gap in the market and that's so I saw that gap and I was like, cool, well, like this is an opportunity. So are there, you know, is there, a, would I say there's a specific like postcode? Nah, and I think it's down to the person, like it's down to the person, you know. If yeah, you- is there a specific
0: kind of concept kind of thing that's maybe not done here?
1: Any concept that you, if you are going to invest your time and energy and money that's hard earned from working in this industry and choose to go into something that, like, it's it's taxing. Um, I think I said to someone before, I'm like, just opening this new one and a couple other things that are going on, I'm working harder than I ever have. Um, but if you're going to invest so much, there's no concept that you should be trying to pigeonhole Because the best thing that you can possibly do from my perspective, if you open a venue that has to be quintessentially or like authentically you. It's not like authentically Italian or authentically this. It's just like, it needs to be you and you need to to be your own biggest supporter and you need to own your brand and understand what that brand is. Because if you don't believe in it and you're just trying to do something that doesn't make sense to you, and you're like, oh, I think I could probably do this because that's on trend in London. It's not gonna fucking work. Okay. Is that something that's possible in Brisbane? Do you guys think? Uh, is it possible to have like a
0: number of like smaller operator obsession-driven kind of focus kind of places?
1: Well, I think so. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, great. I mean I mean, well. Feel like, free to like, embellish on that if it, you want.
1: <laughs> no, but oppo- like <laughs> I mean, I have more questions, but you know. <laughs> opportunity doesn't opportunity. People don't know what they don't know, but if I walk into a bar and it's like, you know, an epic bar that's all about baseball and that guy's super intense and he's got Japanese baseball playing and <laughs> hot dogs and beers, I'm like, you know what, this is a fucking good time. Like, I So here.
0: so can we break some news? That's the third venue from here? Is that what's going Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Honchen Tigers Bar in Brisbane.
0: <laughs> um we, we do, we do. Uh, we're going to talk about the the big elephant in the room that's coming down in about 10 years the Brisbane Olympics. Um, I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember the Sydney Olympics. And the venues that popped up around that were like, they were like your cruise bars of the world. They're big, large venues that just filled people, uh, filled them with people and poured them uh, reasonable drinks and charged a lot of money for it. Do you think the the Brisbane Olympics is going to be a net positive for the city, for the hospitality scene?
2: Uh, Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, I think. Yeah, because I'm tired (laughs) of
1: Jamie, so, yeah, that'd be good. You met you. (laughs)
2: Um, I think this also touches back quite nicely on the last question that you asked Jamie about white spots. Um, And, like, we all had a bit of a chat about a month ago just about, you know, doing this panel. And one of the questions that we were sort of toying with was... um, the pockets of Brisbane and how it's very bitty and the connectivity between different areas. Like it's always been known that if you go out in West End, you're out in West End, you're not going anywhere else. Um, I think the white spots, yeah, obviously this place is outside of Brisbane and whatnot, but I think we'll see with all the infrastructure being built for the Olympics, you know, the cross river rail, better buses, hopefully these ferries get back on track. And all, I think all the <laughs> all the white spots. From the city experience,
0: it never happens, by the way. Yeah, yeah. it's
2: true. But all these little white spots that you see will start expanding out to make us more of a wholesome city, you know, and more more sort of manageable on a night out. Because at and the that, moment, you do it's very bitty.
0: But, but who's going to benefit from that? Is it going to be like big groups with a lot of a lot of cash, or is it going to be a space for smaller operators to carve out some some space for themselves?
2: Depends if the interest rates keep going. <laughs> but yeah, well,
0: we I mean, like the interest rate chat, do we? Okay. <laughs> Never know.
2: Um, yeah, look, I do think I think landlords are. There's some good landlords out there at the moment. There's some good opportunities, um, and I do think you know, you know, rather than running off to. Sydney and Melbourne. I think, you know, if the if the younger guns that do want to open their own spots are happy to, you know, not just run off to the mentors in Sydney and Melbourne, which I do completely oh, stop, understand.
0: Stop, stop looking at Andy when you're like saying this, by the way.
2: <laughs> but, you know, there are people here as well that will help you. You know, we can talk you through it. We've done it enough times. We've dealt with, you know, a myriad of different landlords. I've had You know, big overseas corporations. I've had the interfering landlord that wants to do everything because he thinks he knows your business better than you. I now have UQ as a landlord, which is a kettle of fish. Uh, You know, so there's all, but there are people here that can help you and mentor you and guide you through that. And I do think there are some really good landlords out there with opportunities because they see all the tourism that's coming through, they see this 1.4 million or whatever it is. I think I'm completely pulling that number out my ass, but oh, I could Just go with it. We're going with it. No one's
0: fact checking this. Um,
2: so they they see the potential. Someone, Connor's out there checking it. I can tell.
0: Um, when you when you look at um the, the globals kind of scale, uh, you have these big lists like the world's 50 best list, the towels the Spirit Awards, the Tales of the cocktail. Brisbane doesn't often appear on them. Do you think? And I'd like a response from each of you on this one. Do you think that's something that would help Brisbane as a city or is it kind of just a game that's too hard to play?
3: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. When you – I don't know. When you look at these kind of international lists, I think a, a major aspect of who is placing on it is, A, the people that are working at those bars. Um, and if you look at, you know, the top five bars, you have – at least one member of the top 100 bars most influential people at least working at one of those bars like simona caparelli and sips and you know all of those kind of things and you know i just when you look at australia even though brisbane is the third most popular city we're still i think a small city at heart and and still quite a you know regional city and we just don't have that kind of tourist output and and um it's yeah. about getting
0: voters to the city, unfortunately, yeah, sometimes. exactly. So.
3: And we, when you actually, like, strip it back and you actually look at the rules for these for these awards, it's, you have to have been at this specific bar that you're voting for in the past five years. And unfortunately for Brisbane, we don't see a lot of those international, you know, guest bar shifts. And when people are coming over from these amazing bars, you know, they're stopping at Melbourne, they're stopping at Sydney, but we're not often seeing them at Brisbane. So, I personally, I don't see... A Brisbane bar making on you know making it to those international lists until we grow in population until we kind of get that tourism attraction that you know we're seeing in Sydney and Melbourne.
2: I think that could also be supported by um, our media channels up here as well. Like th- for a while there, we did have quite a lot of support and there was constantly articles and pieces. But now you know we've kind of really just got three sort of online present. You've got broadsheet, you've got Weekend Edition, you've got Urban List. But there's no, there's nothing, I mean, I I was really pleased to see that um, Swill Mag did their third, third yeah, issue cool. launch. That yeah. was awesome for Brisbane. I think that's really exciting because that's a new fun, like, physical publication as well. But I just think we need a little bit more of a, a food and beverage focused media attention up here. And I think that will help us get those people coming through, you know, helping, helping. When I was working in London during COVID, I kept trying to joke that they should come over and do pop-ups in Brisbane. They're like, we're not going to Brisbane. Why not? It's, you know, <laughs> It's
0: warm here, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, what do you think about this? I mean, Alba Barandelli, I think, has been crucially overlooked in the restaurant bar category at Tales for a number of years. Thank you for your vote. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all of the things that we just said. It's all about exposure Um, and when the rules come down to it, you know, are people on their fly-through that could potentially be judges that go, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, go see Ronapun in Bangkok or whatever and they come down and they'll see Sydney, they'll see Melbourne, they might be intrigued in moving across or whatever. Um, Brisbane doesn't get that and I think it comes down to a majority of the, but like we we don't have those people coming through. we don't have, because they don't know that heaps of the people running the cool bars are uh, from up here. So there's clearly a talent pool and it's all about exposure, which only comes through media channels. So I think both of those things and there's that's 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 kind of it. I would love to see uh, a Brisbane bar make one of those top or, or get the nod in and, and go into one of those national, like global things. And, you know, it was a re- one of the nice things like Alba got put onto the top 50 discovery list which is sick. And it was like, I think us and the Gresham sit on there from Brisbane um, and it's, you know, they breed that. That's how Tenero ended up going into the top 25 in North America or top 50 in North America. The so little things like that are great, but no one else is screaming about it. So it's, it's we're doing like, keep, keep, consistency is key. Keep doing good things. Good shit will happen, but it will come. It's just when do you
0: think there's something you could do as a sort of bar scene wide kind of everyone get together and uh i mean there's a lot of brands in the room be like hey brands let's do do a thing and bring a whole bunch of people to to brisbane i mean that's how like uh when the world's 50 best restaurants went to melbourne right for that year uh victoria paid for the, the, the the ceremony to be there i'm not saying that you know you should have the ceremony here for the world's 50 best bars or whatever maybe you should um But that ended up with more bars – sorry, more restaurants being on that 50 best list. Is that something that you think is worthwhile trying
1: to galvanise towards or should you just ignore that and get on with it? I think they should be ignored because you look at like – I know that if I'm going – if I'm booking a holiday overseas, whether you like the system or not, one of the first things I do is look at, oh, what are some one stars that I might be able to get a good meal out of? Like, So these these lists work and they're – I was talking to someone down in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago and they were like, yeah, we had these people in last night and they're literally ballers from somewhere in Europe, have a private jet and they're literally just flying around the top 50. That's their next three months of their life. So they work and it's going to bring money in and because that means you can reinvest and then that means you can get this extra exposure and then that means you get the guest shifts from overseas, which means if someone that that one of the judges from Asia or, or North America or whatever respects like a run upon, like, you know, you know, Widge coming back and doing something or whatever. If they come over and do something in Brisbane. They're like, oh, shit, maybe I should go to Brisbane. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. on the back of that, if they do come and half the room is empty because it hasn't been spouted, then there's an issue. It's, it's, it's a whole encompassing thing. And any support would be ideal. All
0: right, I'm going to start wrapping this up, but I want to end on a reasonably positive hopeful note. Hey, yeah? Because there's still more drinks to have. One thing from each of the panel. What do you want to see that's going to be make a Brisbane amazing? Make Brisbane amazing, I should say. Jamie, I'll start with you, and we'll go this way.
1: Literally, more operator-owned small bars. I love that. that. I love that. Like have
0: yeah, get around him.
1: Yeah, um, that aren't afraid to be exactly who they are and aren't afraid to do something different because quality is quality, and whatever you believe in, just show the world. And if you work hard enough, it'll happen. Bonnie Shearson.
2: Um, definitely more support from our governing bodies. I think, you know, back in 2010, there was the huge movement to be allowed to open small bars and that worked marvel- like, incredibly for us. Um, and you saw a huge shift to smaller, more owner operated venues. I think there needs to be a big shift up there, you know, to allow us to be a little bit more fun.
0: Yeah. Yes. I can hear the music building to a crescendo outside, so Andy, bring it home for us. What do you wanna see?
3: Just just more, oh, you guys just summarized it perfectly, but <laughs> um, yeah, more training programs that are open to the greater Brisbane and, and the younger communities and more you know people that are willing to take on people on board for mentorships and, and working more in hand in venues, I guess.
0: Okay, uh, can we give these guys a round of applause? Thank you very much. You guys have been wonderful. I hope you got as much enjoyment out of that as I did. Thank you again to Bonnie. Thank you again to Jamie and Andy. Thank you to Paramount Liquor for having us up there. It was a really great night. And thank you to you for listening. If you like what you hear, please share this with a colleague or a friend. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.